Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The Beyond Sleep Training Podcast a podcast dedicated to sharing real tales of how people have managed sleep in their family outside of sleep training culture. Because sleep looks different with a baby in the house. And because every family is different, there is no one-size-fits-all approach to take. I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast is being recorded, the Kalkadoon people. I pay my respects to the elders of this nation and the many other nations our guests reside in from the past, present and emerging. We honour Australian Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and the unique cultural and spiritual relationships to the land, water and seas, as well as their rich contributions to society, including the birthing and nurturing of children. Welcome back to the Beyond Sleep Training podcast. I'm your host, Carly Grubb, and with me today, I'm excited to introduce you to Jessica Milburn. Jessica is somebody I have been admiring her work for four years now. She is responsible for the page Responsive Parenting, which is an outstanding resource in helping parents get a better handle on some alternative ways of parenting their little ones. Jessica is the mum of three little people and a parenting mentor with a degree in child development and she's coming to us today all the way from Canada. So welcome to the show, Jessica. Hi, thank you for having me. Now, did I miss anything in your introduction there that you wanted to add? Not really. No. <laughs> I just, well, if you don't mind, I just wanted to let our listeners know if they're wondering what we mean by responsive parenting, I love the way um, Jessica's actually got on her website um, an article that outlines the principles of responsive parenting. And I, I would love just to let people know what those principles are, just so they get a bit of a baseful feeling um, where Jessica's work comes from. So the first principle is trust. Then we have attachment, child-led, 
acceptance, responsiveness, authenticity, inclusiveness, advocacy, accountability, reflection, boundaries, balance, journey, and grace. And it's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. But what I really love about all of those things is I feel like they they fit with the whole complexity of yeah. the situation, but That's also it. in a way they all complement each other so beautifully. So yeah. for people listening along to Jessica's story today, because that's what we're here to share, I'd love for you to also at some uh, sometime actually go and check out Jessica's page. She's got a fabulous Instagram and website, which we'll drop into show notes um, just so you can explore a little bit further and see if it might help you in your parenting journey as well. So Without further ado, let's get into your sleep story, Jessica. And can I ask you, I usually check with our guests, how did you think you were going to be handling sleep with your family before you actually had your first baby? Um, so my introduction to infant sleep was more through ECE, um, through early childhood education. So I worked in infant rooms, but they started like 12 months so really my understanding was 12 months and we rock the babies to sleep. We hold them and then we put them in the crib and sometimes they wake up and you put, you know, put them back to sleep. We take turns, we take them on stroller rides. So I really had this responsive concept and that was the plan. Um, but I think I really believe that my child was going to act a lot like these 12 months old. <laughs> And that wasn't quite the case with my first child. So, yeah. <laughs> Funnily enough, I hadn't quite got there yet. Yeah. I remember in the hospital, them saying like he was in the NICU and them saying I had to wake up every three hours to feed him. And, you know, you knew babies woke up, but I didn't really understand that. Like you had to wake up every three hours. I literally thought like, how do people do that? That doesn't, that's not sustainable. And I just assumed that when they got home, they start sleeping through like that, why wouldn't that make sense? Like maybe they wake up the odd time and, you know, but I really could not understand how you're supposed to wake up every two hours. And it ended up being way more than that. So, <laughs> so the rude shock just kept getting ruder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So, you, so you just said that your first babe ended up in NICU. Did, he was, would you like yeah. to, can you share with us what was it like welcoming your baby? Well, he, um, I, I was induced cause I had high blood pressure. I've had that with all my children. Um, he that was three weeks early, but he had some uh, lung issues and I had him for about 45 minutes. Um, and then someone just came into the room and they just walked out with him. Um, and I shuffled my husband after him. Right. Um, but I don't think I saw him for another five, six hours. And wow. then it was early in the morning when I had, it was early, like 1030 in the morning. So it was like all day. I don't even remember that day, to be honest with you. I try and remember it and I don't because I think I was just sitting in a hospital room waiting to hear about my baby. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And so then about supper time, I heard a, a code pink and I was like, go like I sent my husband because my legs still weren't working from uh, epidural um so he went and they wouldn't let him in and it's this whole dramatic story um he, he tried to like fight the security guard or something then he collapsed and the nurses came out anyway he comes back an hour later so I'm it's right there it's like across the hall so I 
you know, he, I'm waiting that whole hour, like, oh my God, it's my baby. It's my baby. It's my baby. It's my baby. Um, he came back with all these nurses and everyone's crying. It's this whole thing. And I'm thinking my baby's gone. He wasn't. Um, they were like, they just intubated him. And I got to go see him a couple hours later, I think. Um, I don't remember the first latch with him at all. Um, but I know that nursing wasn't too hard. Um, he really wanted to nurse, but he wasn't getting a lot. That was a big issue. So, I mean, it was hard. I, I slept there. And so what you would have to do is you would have to, you go in, you try to nurse for an hour, but you'd only nurse for about 45 minutes in the last 15, like they'd be weighing the whole time. Right. And then the last 15 minutes, you would have to feed them either your breast milk that had been pumped. And if you didn't have enough, then they'd give them formula. Right. So there's all this pressure. There's still a little bit of stress for a brand new mom. So, and then you leave, you try and pump for an hour, you wash the pump parts and then you go and feed yourself and you literally repeat this three hour process all day every day through the night you know there's no break to it right I mean they kept telling me I could take a break but I I couldn't I was devastated like I wanted to feed my baby every time I could I wanted to wake up with him every time I could I wasn't allowed to stay with him I was only allowed to stay in a room down the hall so like I just really wanted my baby so I was allowed to be with him once every three hours that's what I was going to do (laughs) absolutely um, so, that's yeah. that is an incredibly intense start for you both. Can yeah. you tell me what was it like when you actually were able to have your baby? So my first night sleeping with the baby was actually at the hospital. They did have other rooms. Um and basically they just let me have one night. Like I knew I he was probably going home the next day and we just had the last night. And he stayed in the room with me. It was pretty good, but honestly I was so it was like you know, when you first give birth, because I experienced this with my other children, you're just kind of like in an elation. Like I didn't sleep like that whole night, you know, um, and he nursed a little bit. I think he slept four hours and I was shocked. I had said to them, like, do I have to wake him up to feed him every three hours? And they said, no, but four. And I thought, okay, you know, um, and then when they came the next morning, I remember they knocked on the door and they said, how are you? And I said, that was the absolute best night of my life. And I was just, I was so elated to have my baby. And she said, I've literally never heard someone say that. <laughs> that is beautiful. Just never. the relief of having your love with you. Yeah. Yeah. She just said this really like, she's like, that is beautiful. And so weird. <laughs> yeah. She'd be like, wow, that's not you. Usually the response yeah, typically get. they get a really like, oh my God, worst night of my life. I get that now. Um, so when he came home, <laughs> yeah. I was, uh, I was terrified to, um, fall asleep with him, even to nurse him in the middle of the night. I was really scared that I was going to fall asleep because I take uh, medication for mental health stuff. And the medication I take at night makes me a little tiny bit sleepy. Um, And at the time, of course, I've never had children before. I have no idea. You know, I normally take and go to sleep. I go get up and pee, but I'm not, you know, it's what, you know, I'm not sure how it's going to affect me. So, but it's, you know, it's safe enough to take full pregnant and all that stuff. So I 
sorry, I feel need to justify the medication thing. Um, you don't at all, yeah. but it is actually good for people listening along who are considering yeah. whether they would like to take medication because it's a valid option people need to consider. There are risks, but with me, I have uh, CPTSD with panic attacks. So the risk of me not being on medication is far more to the baby than me being on it. So it is what it is. But of course, having a baby in NICU, you know, I'm just blaming myself and all that stuff. Um, but anyway, so I was taking the medication and I did fine waking up, but I was still terrified. So I would turn off on all the lights in my room. I would turn on the TV. I would turn on like the worst possible thing you could possibly do when a baby wakes up, like, just like completely wake us all up. Just the whole thing. It's like so, the anti-sleep hygiene. Oh my God, Jessica. I like, I just was so terrified. Like I'm just looking back and I'm like, it, it was just, it was a, it was a, it was a fear reaction. Right. So I did that for a long time. I can't even tell you how many months, three, four months. And this child never slept more than 60 minutes. Oh, and mate. he was in a Moses basket. Cause we were in this little apartment at the time of my husband's father. Um, and I would wrap myself around the Moses basket on my bed and like, cause I was too scared to hold him, but like, I knew he liked to be close to me and it was just you know, it was so bad. So I wasn't getting good sleep even in the 20 minutes I was getting sleep. Right. Um, yeah. oh my gosh, it took me. We ended up moving at a certain point. Anyway, at some point around six, nine, I don't know, closer to 12 months, I started literally just falling asleep with him sometimes in the bed, like four o'clock in the morning, I would bring him in my bed and try to just nurse him in there because it was more comfortable. Right. And because at that point I was trying to get him in a crib, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. He never slept in a crib for like, I don't know. <laughs> The story of so many of our lives. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, never. Um, so it was a joke. So anyway, yeah. So he would sometimes be in the bed and I'd be trying to nurse him and, um, he, I would fall asleep and it seemed fine. You know, like I was getting really good rest and it was like, it, it was really comfortable. Do you know what I mean? And it just felt okay. So then being the child development person I am, I actually, I didn't have a degree in child development at that time. I I'd started my degree, but had to leave with the baby. So, um, I just had ECE. So I, education wise, I didn't have the full thing I have now. Um, but he, Oh, sorry, I lost track of what I'm saying. <laughs> um, yes. So, uh, yeah, so I, I looked it up and I looked up co-sleeping and I looked up bed sharing and I found Dr. McKenna and I found Dr. Sears. And it wasn't just that the information kind of validated me. It was that it resonated with me. It was like, even I just remember even the profound thought of like how soothers and even stuffies and blankies and not that there's any problem with those things but they were all sort of even like the, the you know a hummer and all these things. they're replacing the parent they want the parent and that we're just trying to fill that void right and you know i've used all that stuff i'm not judging the use of that stuff in any way but just something about that concept made so much sense to me i was like yes that's exactly how i feel why didn't that click with me before the reason he can't sleep in the crib the reason he can't sleep in the moses fast the reason he can't sleep everywhere is because he wants to be with me <laughs> like why didn't i get that before 
Hey, mate, you are not alone on that one. We can all be quite because it's yeah. so cultural, isn't it? Like it's just yeah. it's not automatically something that you understand. It makes so much sense. It's like once you've seen it and yeah. understood it, you can't not. But you're trying to solve that, all the other things. Yeah. You're trying to solve all what is, and I remember just, you know, trying to like, I, I really get those pictures of people looking at like the formulas and trying to figure out like a scientific formula to like <laughs> to get the baby to sleep through the night. And I really get that. Cause that's what it's like. Like you're, you're like, you're like, how do I, so last night he slept 60 minutes and this night was only 45. What was the difference? You know, like, and he had his red just, jammies on and the, oh, it must yeah. be the temperature went down the degree. No, he wants his mama because it doesn't matter if he's in the red jammies or the blue jammies or the green jammies when he's snuggled with mommy. So it is what it is. Now that child is eight years old. That child still needs to sleep with somebody. That is one of three. <laughs> They're all different. <laughs> Can I just point out though, like, you know, he still needs to sleep with somebody yeah. and yet you managed to make two other babies just, oh, just to break down a little well, bit of to one be honest of those. With you, so I'll be super honest with you about that whole part of it. My husband is a big snorer and me and my husband, even before we had kids, we usually didn't sleep in the same bed. So for us, that transition wasn't huge and it hasn't been a big problem. This year's the first year we started sleeping in the same bed together and my eight-year-old took over his spot <laughs> downstairs. Oh, really? Yeah, yes. he sent him down with the four-year-old. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Do you know, we've actually had a couple of guests now who've come on and they also have slept in separate beds due to snoring um, and have still managed to maintain healthy relationships with each yeah, other. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah, so if, I feel Smart. like for our listeners, yeah. if you are trying to work out options for your family right now, it is yeah. actually a valid option to consider. Yeah. It doesn't work for every family, but it is an option to consider. So thank you for sharing that as well. And I also have other, like, so with my other children, um, number two, I, he, he's pretty textbook, pretty easy baby. Um, you know, woke up, you know, whatever. Um, he slept through the night around two, three months. <laughs> like, I don't know where I'm Whoa. like, what the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> I Did it stay that way though? No, of course not. I oh, good. Thank Facebook, goodness. Right? I was like, starting to like, what? Cocky, you know, um, <laughs> look at me. This one slept the night at three months. Um, you know, of course it lasts like maybe six weeks and my, my milk dropped off. My mm. milk dropped off significantly and then he wouldn't sleep at all because he's cluster, 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 cluster feet. And then he never really went back to that until probably he was still really good. Like, I don't know, probably close to 18 months, but maybe even before that, he started sleeping through the night, even though he was still nursing. So that was pretty impressive. That was like, oh, that ain't what they tell you is going to happen, right? Um, Absolutely. He, he would nurse and before that, bed and he'd nurse, you know, when he woke up and a few times during the day, it wasn't a big deal, right? Every once in a while, he'd wake up. If he was sick, he'd wake up. Or, you know, on occasion, he'd wake up at four or five in the morning. You'd go in and snuggle him. But it was nothing like this, you know, 60-minute kid. <laughs> okay. The baptism of fire kid, that came first. And then you got this person. Did you find second time around, like obviously it sounds like you had quite a different start with him, but did you yeah. find um, knowing strategies about how to get great sleep for you actually help reduce you from getting so fatigued in the first place? It was, it was a completely 
different perspective from with him. Like I completely understood how me and him had to rest together. Um, how I, I just like the first one, I was just so, t- I mean, I really was going in blind. Like I can't believe how blind it was really. Um, and then the second one, I really just, I'd studied a lot and I really, I really got this whole concept of, of, I don't know, just connecting and that he needed me and that if he needed me, that's what I needed to do. And sometimes that's hard, obviously. And sometimes you can't yeah. do that. In the same. Um, but, uh, kind of accepting that instead of thinking of it as something I always had to fix. That was kind of, that was big for me. It's amazing how much energy you spend yeah, just but in I, anxious doubts and things like that too. Which, if you yeah. don't have those doubts so much anymore, you you're not really sending your energy that direction anymore. Yeah, yeah. It was just like it was gone. Like I didn't see it the same way anymore. I just saw it completely differently. So it wasn't super hard. The only thing I did do was just kind of for my own. I think I almost did it more too in case someone comes. Yeah, yes. Um, <laughs> I put a bed beside. I put a side crib right and he did go in the side crib and I uh, he went in the side crib for naps and you know things like this and those few nights he slept through the night he did sleep in that side crib but about six months um this is what I did with my first two in the end and and I was like this is what I'm doing with the next this is my big secret so everyone listen up (laughs) so what I did at six months is I put a mattress in his room. Um, and that has been my trick. So that way I'm able to lay with them and put them to sleep and, you know, snuggle. I can, but then I can come in and out and they really get used to sort of their own space and they like it and they're good, but I'm also able to tend to them. Like my little girl, I really slept with her from the very beginning. I was not worried. I had a broken tailbone and I couldn't sit up to nurse. So I was like, Ouch. I'm not COVID hit. I was like, I, I literally kept being like, I need to put her in because of my medicine. I worry when they're like six weeks old and they're really, really, really little. Um, so I'm like, I need to put her in. the I couldn't, I, I was so tired, so comfy, so perfect with this little thing that it just, it just never happened. So anyway, <laughs> I don't think into, I don't think they are at risk, but I just, at that, when they're so tiny, there's just something in me that's like, put them over, put them over. Yeah, well, um, and this is the thing, isn't it? In the research, when they talk about like risk minimization, like, yeah. you know, with a newborn, they do talk about having that safe, separate space. Yeah. But the thing yeah. with risk minimization is also, if you're going to fall asleep, still yeah. being on that safely prepared shared surface, that, yeah. that's risk minimization right there. So you exactly. knew in yourself that yeah. that was where you were going to be. And I'm sure yeah. you had that prepared for that well that's it I I'm so much more prepared for what could happen because I was my first was so much more unsafe with me walking around you know falling asleep as I'm trying to put them to sleep than my children when I would fall asleep in the bed with them and I mean to me that was so logical and you know honestly it's really interesting to me how people make it so such a demonized thing because you know, children die in adult beds. I mean, it happens. Um, but far more children die in car accidents (laughs) and we don't really like 
tell people not to put kids in cars. <laughs> it's, it's that like, whole risk. It's understanding risk, isn't we, it? Exactly. So, we put them in a safe car seat. We try our best. We minimize them, it. That's what we, we do. Minimize, and that and yeah. that's what I think this is. And a lot of the um, a lot of the information is just so ideological and idealistic, and it's not taking into consideration all the different components, right? Like my that's right. We need now, you need the practical application of yeah. the ideology to make sure that families can understand that in their context. Yeah. My my third. Um, like I said, like right from the beginning, I, and it was just during COVID. She's she's not twenty months, um, so I held her just nonstop. We were like in, we were staying with family. It was, it was a messy time, um, and I just had the two boys just running wild around this house that wasn't even mine. Didn't have a kitchen, and I had a newborn, so I was <sighs> just in my, my broken tailbone. So I just sit on this Aww. couch with this newborn, just like I'm just gonna hold my baby. It's just just so new head. It's better. <laughs> Did you do lots of head sniffing? Just get those oxytocin hits from the new Yeah, boy? she was so lovely too. Like she's just was such a little snuggle bug um, and just an easy baby. Same thing though. She did that sleep through thing around three months. Um, but I knew what was happening this time. You didn't fall for it this time. <laughs> yeah, I didn't fall for it. Um, but I will say she is the one who... Like she sleeps through here and there. And even at 19 months, like she usually sleeps through unless she's sick and like, she's still nursing, but she'll go the whole night, not nursing. Like I feel like meeting those needs really young, letting them know I'm there. I'm always there when they need them. They, it really did build that security. Like, and I, I don't think I even expected it to build it that quickly with her, but it did. Like, it's obviously her personality because the eight-year-old's still up here too. He's nice and secure, but he's, he's yeah. <laughs> but, but it's the only way. At the same like, time, it was like, I guess she's probably just more independent like I am. I'm, I'm more of an independent sleeper. Um, and, but because I met her needs, she's not, you know, she does wake up and settle herself sometimes. Like she's, she's just not overly, I don't know. She, she doesn't have the same needs that way. So, but, and that's the beauty of being a responsive parent, isn't it? Yeah. It's not like you have any expectations yeah. for what she needs. You listen to her yeah. and you've listened to your boys to be your guide yes. on what they need. They and each individual is yeah. different. Yeah. So, so the, the middle one there, he's really interesting because he was sleeping through the night all by himself. And then we had to move. And when we moved, it was all of a sudden and him and my husband and the other, like my two, all the boys were sharing a bed. So now he's back to sharing with my husband and loves co-sleeping with my husband. And a really big part of this story is the fact that my husband was raised in a co-sleeping home and he was raised like he slept with his dad, like off and on into his teens. He remembers going down as a child all the time and just sort of curling up with him on the couch or something or going to the bed with his mom and sleeping with his mom. And there was a huge level of acceptance there. And He's the one who now is like, I really don't want them to grow out of cozy. <laughs> He's literally devastated. <laughs> well, it's a beautiful thing though to know that it's always on offer. I think it's a real yeah. um, strength oh, yeah. that we we are able to offer our babes to know that at any point in time they would be welcome. Yeah. Um, because, well, like you say, they might grow. Yeah, and it kind of goes in it. cycles. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful thing to watch. I'm not as 
like he's just so openly loving with them do you know what i mean and i don't like i'm obviously am but i can see him at 60 still you know coming into his kid's house and just like showering and hugs and kisses <laughs> that's beautiful a, yeah so it, it that's a huge part of it and i think i talk to a lot of parents who don't have that uh support on the other side um that's, so yeah, yeah. It is actually, I'm actually contemplating whether we need to see if he'll come on the show for me because I would actually love to hear a bit about his story as somebody who had that I won't let him come on the show because he he will probably not behave himself. (laughs) 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 He would love to be interviewed about lots of things. Me and my friends have decided he's not allowed on there. That's hilarious. Oh, he's quite a jokester. So oh, that could be a really fun episode then. But anyway, we can talk about this when we're not, we're not on yeah. here. But I just love that idea of someone who has been nurtured in that way, then yeah. being able to nurture their own babes and seeing how naturally that was able to come to him as opposed yeah. to people like you and I, where yeah. we, it really came as a shock that, oh, okay, yeah. yep. That's, and what's that's interesting what a baby wants and needs. Yeah, well when the when the ba- he's not I shouldn't he would probably tell you this, but he's he'll say, I'm not too into babies, you know, as people will say. Um, but um so he wasn't super helpful with the babies. I will be honest with you. But he really like with the first one, like he didn't say anything with all my franticness and all my, whatever I was doing. He just kind of let me do whatever it is I was doing. And then once I did, kind of said like you know I like this co-sleeping thing or I researched it or I don't know how it even came up I remember right away he's like oh yeah well I co-slept with my parents you know I'm like oh yeah I did like could have said earlier (laughs) 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 oh that's hilarious I'm the the professional right so I think especially back then he was very like you know, she knows what she's doing. I'm not going to get in the way. Obviously, after eight years of parenting, you know, there's a bigger voice that way. But yeah, he's like, I don't care what the book says. <laughs> it's so funny because there you were feeling all lost and clueless. And yeah. he's like, nah, she's got this. It's like, mm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're yeah. really not in each other's yeah. heads at that time. My <laughs> husband and I were the same. We were not not yeah. in any way clear on where we were at. That's for sure. Now, yeah, I'm just and you worked a lot, right? What are you going to do? Mm. Um yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. I'm just, oh, well, I'm just having a little time. We're actually coming up to our 30 minutes, but before we finish up, I always love to get a tip from our people just for the listeners. Do you have a, a tip you'd like to share? My tip would be to follow what your family needs. Don't look at a chart. Don't look at a schedule. Don't look at a timer. Like if, if a nine o'clock bedtime or a 10 o'clock bedtime is what works for your family and your child is not too tired the next day, do that. Don't worry about, you know, what it says here, what it says there. Do what works for your family. Absolutely. And no need for second guessing for yourself at all, because that's yeah. always going to be the right choice for you on that given night, because it might be different again tomorrow. You can feel when something is not right. So you really got to start listening to that, that piece inside of you that tells you, mm, I like this. Or, mm, I don't like this, you know. It's a powerful tool and it's one that sometimes we need to, it's almost like you've got to to turn the volume up, turn your volume up and don't turn it back down because once it's up, it's going to be your very best guide along with your child for what's going to be the right thing for your family. Because no one knows what's going on in your house. Nobody really knows what's happening in your house and what's really going to work for your house. So 
you can take what you see and you can take what resonates with you, but you really got to think about what actually works for you. Absolutely. And I think that's a fantastic note to finish our episode on. So thank you so much for coming on, Jessica. It was an outstanding experience getting to hear your story. And for all of our listeners, I really would love for you to check out Jessica's work, especially as your babies grow, because Jessica's work will work or is going to help you as your babies grow right into toddlerhood, onto school age or not going to school, depending on how you like to approach education with your family. Um, But if you find, I'll drop all of her links into the show notes for you to explore and I can't recommend her any more highly than that so thank you so much Jessica thank you so much for having me it was my pleasure I really hope you enjoyed the podcast today the information we discussed was just that information only it is not specific advice if you take any action following something you've heard from our show today it is important to make sure you get professional advice about your unique situation before you proceed, whether that advice be legal, financial, accounting, medical, or any other advice. Please reach out to me if you do have any questions or if there's a topic you'd really like us to be covering. And if you know somebody who'd really benefit from listening to our podcast, please be sure to pass our name along. Also check out our free peer support group, the Beyond Sleep Training Project, and our wonderful website, www.littlesparklers.org. If you'd like even more from the show, you can join us as a patron on Patreon and you can find a link for that in our show notes. If listening is not really your jam, we also make sure we put full episode transcripts on our Little Sparklers website for you to also enjoy and fully captioned YouTube videos as well on our Little Sparklers channel. So thanks again for listening today. We really enjoy bringing this podcast to you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.